Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Reviews. I'm a little bit worried because we did just do a watch along and the audio was out of sync with the video. So uh, I've just been doing a few tests. Everything looked good on the test, but I have no idea whether the stream's going to actually look all right or not. So uh, you will have to let me know in the chat. I've got the chat here. So uh, you'll have to let me know live if it's working. But hopefully we don't get any of those dramas because uh, that was annoying. There's no two ways about it, but uh, we did get it resolved. Uh, if it is uh, an issue, if it is going to be out of sync, we might just cut the review a little bit shorter. But hopefully we did manage to get that fixed during the watch along. Um, but what we're going to do is uh, go through this anyway uh, and uh, break the whole show down um, and uh, basically take it step by step. I thought this was, um, I can see people saying it looks all right. So thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. We will jump into uh, the chat in a bit. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll break the show down. People saying it looks all right. That is great. Brilliant. Thank you. Right. So what we're going to do is break the show down and then we'll jump into the chat um, and uh, see what uh, you guys thought of the show. I thought this was a pretty decent show, actually. Um, I I don't think it's the best SmackDown I've seen from Triple H, but uh, I thought it was a strong SmackDown. And uh, really, uh, from the get-go, you know, we start with Imperium. I did have a bit of a question mark as to whether Imperium were going to be together or if that was a one-off. Was Giovanni Vinci on the main roster now? Or is it just the case that he was there just for Clash? But uh, we start with Imperium, and it is great seeing these guys back together again. Uh, seemingly, Giovanni Vinci is here now and uh, is going to be staying. And this was a really enjoyable match. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this was uh, something that uh, really enjoyed. And, um, you know, it, it, I said during the watch long, if you're a fan of faction wars and you're a fan of factions or teams, trying to establish themselves uh, as being the best team, the best faction. That's very much what this was. This was brawling brutes against Imperium. Really anything goes, you know, there was uh, loads of fighting on the outside, fighting on the inside. Um, you know, there was plenty of times where all six guys were just going at it. And uh, really, it was like, who's going to emerge victorious? So this was fun, and it was a really fun match as well. So Imperium uh, make their way out. We saw some great moments. Sheamus getting a great uh, reaction. I think it was, I, think, I can't remember who it was exactly. Uh, I think it might have been Darcy. Uh, during our watch along said, does this mean that Sheamus is a face now? And um, to be honest, my, my gut feeling is no. I don't think so. Just because, like, there's nothing here I'm seeing any different from the Brawling Brutes. Brawling Brutes are still doing the exact same stuff they've always done. It's just the crowd are now reacting to them different because I think uh, Sheamus... I think there's a lot of respect for what these two did. Sheamus and Gunther at Clash at the Castle. Um, and I think that Sheamus getting that really positive reaction from the uh, crowd over in Cardiff, that played very well. Because I think that people are, I think people have kind of slept on Sheamus to a degree. You know, he has done a lot in WWE. He's been responsible for a lot in WWE, former champion. Um, he's been in the bar, one of the best uh, recent tag teams with Cesaro, of course. Now he's helping Ridge and Butch. He uh, puts on bangers quite often. He had a great feud with Drew. Um, and I think people maybe have just slept on Sheamus a little bit. So seeing him get that moment, 
seeing the crowd react, reacting that positively to him um, has kind of now bled over into, into these crowds. So it's definitely one to keep an eye on. They could be in the process of turning them face. Um, but I think in this kind of program, I think he's positioned as a bit more of a face than Gunther. Gunther and Imperium uh, are undeniably heels. Um, but yeah, it, it's very interesting. It, it, I feel like Sheamus is kind of in a grey area at the moment. So it, it's it's interesting. But he was getting a great reaction here. Big clubbing blows, crowd loving uh, to uh, count along with them. Uh, as usual, they normally do that. But um, lots of fighting in the ring, out the ring. Just carnage to start uh, SmackDown. People loving this. Lots of fours, 4.5s out of fives. A few fives out of fives as well for this first match. It never quite got to that level for me. But uh, fours, definitely. Four out of five, maybe four, two, five. Around that kind of ballpark. Um, but uh, it was an Imperial bomb that wins it for Imperium. And uh, Imperium emerge victorious. This match like a lot of opening matches, takes up the first quarter of the show. This was about half an hour that we were into the show here. So, yeah, really, uh, really interesting stuff. Really positive stuff. Really fun way to start the show. And what was great is that, you know, it's kind of uh, two teams that you know can deliver a match of this caliber if given a chance. And they were given the chance and they showed what they could do. And it also meant that Bloodline stuff... We, you know, we didn't use that up. You know, normally under Vince, we would have had a Bloodline promo first. Then we would have gone into this match. Under Triple H, we just go straight into the match. Amazing match. And it still means we've got to hear from the Bloodline later in the show. So that's a big segment still to come as well. So this worked really, really well. Bottom line, this worked really, really well. Uh, right. Then uh, we did get a graphic. They called the Queen a legend. They were like, uh, a legend uh, passed away. Um, and I was like, who is it? And then it turned out they were talking about the Queen. So didn't expect her to be called a legend. That's nice, though. Uh, certainly that's a, a, a positive thing to be called. So, uh, yeah, definitely appreciate that. But, um, yeah, this was, I mean, this was nice. I did wonder if they were just going to put a graphic at the start. I wondered if they were going to do anything at all. But um, it was actually during the show that they put this uh, uh, graphic up. And I think that that's a real classy move by WWE. I mean, I, I don't know that there was any real obligation for them to do anything. I mean, you know, to my knowledge, she's never been a WWE superstar. So uh, I didn't think that they were any, under any uh, obligation, really. But I suppose the UK audience is uh, a very big chunk of their audience, it's a very big market over here. Um, and so um, them paying their respects, I think, was the right thing to do. Uh, and a real classy move uh, from uh, WWE. So, yeah, really cool. Really cool. Really nice of them to do that. I didn't know that they would. I genuinely didn't. Uh, then we got our Bloodline segment. So uh, we then got uh, Solo, Uso, Sammy. Obviously, a lot of people looking at how this was going to play out. A lot of people wanted to know, would Solo side with Jay? Would he side with Jimmy? Um, he doesn't really side with anyone when he comes out. He just comes out and says a few words. He basically says, you come for my family. I come for you. Uh, and, you know, the bloodline now is bigger and stronger. So uh, clearly making it obvious that he has joined the bloodline and we would see them in the main event as well working together. 
but he doesn't really have anything positive or negative for Sammy. He just comes out and uh, kind of cuts this promo at this stage. Um, what's nice is that Jimmy is like proper showing love to Sammy. They're doing like cool hand gesture. And then he turns to Jay and Jay's just not having it. Uh, again, Sammy trying to get everyone to put the ones up and Jimmy joins in. Jay doesn't. Uh, so, you know, there's some nice stuff uh, in here. They're still very much uh, showing that dynamic that Jimmy is on board with the honorary use, uh, but Jay is not. So, uh, yeah, we got this and uh, we uh, then got Drew come out. Drew made his way out uh, during this uh, uh, segment and um, he goes to swing the chair at Solo. He's very focused. There's no sword. There's no messing around. There's no smile on his face. No wisecracks. He just heads straight to the ring with a chair. He's looking at Solo. He wants Solo. He knows that he would be champion if it wasn't for Solo. Um, and he goes to swing the chair at Solo. Sammy gets in the way. It's Sammy that takes the bullet, if you will. So the honorary Oos taking one for the team. And that definitely won him some respect from Solo Sokoa. So, yeah, we see uh, the honorary use taking one here. And uh, that puts him in Solo Sokoa's uh, good books. And we would see that later. Then we got a bit of a production botch. This was a bit strange. They were talking about uh, Big Noon Saturday or something. Um, I only know that because it's on the screen. But this was the camera shot we got, which is like a completely dark arena with the uh, Titantron, the big screen in the distance. You can sort of see what it says, but you can't really see what it says. Kind of felt like someone in the production truck needed to get to a different camera angle. Um, or I don't know, maybe if there was an issue with the camera they were trying to cut to, or maybe there was meant to be a graphic on screen that never shows. Maybe that's a background image and there was meant to be a graphic that popped up and there was a graphic that doesn't appear. Either way, this clearly is not the right thing to be showing at this time. But um, yeah, as they were talking about, you know, uh, uh, Big Noon Saturday or whatever they were talking about American football, you know that Fox puts a bit of pressure on them to advertise other things that are going to be on Fox and on the various Fox networks. So they have to talk about these things. But um, yeah, this I just included this because this was just an example of something not going quite right. And we've been talking a bit about that recently. There's uh, reports coming out that Clash was maybe not meant to end with that song and that was something that maybe was for the crowd and maybe they should have cut it before we got to the song because, as I said, like it was very weird and awkward and it did feel like something we were maybe not meant to see. It was maybe something more for the live crowds. And there's one bit in particular where Drew turns his back on the hard cam, which is just a massive no-no. You never do that. But he did that at the end of Clash and started singing Don't Look Back in Anger or something by Oasis. So, yeah, that didn't feel quite right. I gave another example of like when EO Shirai was called up. The graphic said, I think EO Shirai, but uh, Corey Graves was calling her EO Sky. And it seemed like there'd been a conversation about changing the name, but that hadn't got around to everybody yet. So, you know, that was something else that was seemed a little bit off. And now, like, we've got this so... I don't know. I, I'm not saying that since Vince went, this has become a bigger problem, but it's just quite obvious that there are a few production errors that have uh, crept in, certainly. So uh, this, uh, for me, was just another example. 
Uh, oh God, I love these guys. I love these guys. We go to our next match. Uh, and this is uh, Aaliyah and Raquel uh, taking on, we didn't know who, but it would turn out to be Toxic Attraction. Uh, every time they do their entrance now, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I do keep saying, go on, Aaliyah, pat her on the backside because she did it, I think, just before the final and they went on to win. And then uh, last time we saw them, she didn't do it. And I was a bit disappointed. Um, so I was like, go on, Aaliyah, do it. And she did it. She did it. She gives uh, as Raquel showing off her prize winning back because it is prize winning. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. Greatest back in uh, all of sports. Um, Aaliyah gives her a little right on the backside, just a little. Uh, and I see that now very much as a good luck gesture. And uh, it brings them good luck. And Aaliyah there. Uh, doing it. it's a little bit cheeky Raquel doesn't seem to mind um and uh I don't know I just really like these two I really like Aaliyah actually she brings um she's got personality she brings like a bit of fun um she's not the strongest in ring and I think she knows that which is why she's just so happy to be in this position she's just so grateful to be in this position it's kind of like I think she knows she is at this point in her career dare I say overachieving, which is that is no disrespect to her. That is like, you know, there's not many people that are making it to the main roster. And, you know, she has been on a journey. She was never the strongest performer or leaned on or relied upon in NXT. It's not like she was a women's champion down there. It's not as if she was like in main events. So for her to get called up to the main roster and for her to now be a women's tag champ, like this must all just be a dream world for her. So... I think she knows that this is a very fortunate position that she's in. I do not begrudge it her, though. I, I've really become a fan of her in recent uh, weeks and months. So, uh, yeah, these two making their way down. And uh, I don't know, this this is just something that just always puts a smile on my face. Uh, and they win as well. So they take on Toxic Attraction. And um, this, is, this is kind of cool because... Uh, we actually see uh, um, Toxic Attraction working together to try and suplex Raquel. She's obviously the, the threat. So they work together to try and suplex her. Aaliyah just runs over and she's like, yeah, starts screaming and hits a spear. I can't remember who she spears. I think it might have been Gigi. But um, she delivers this spear, wipes out one of Toxic Attraction, just in a real fun moment. Um, and that leaves Raquel one-on-one. -on -one. She ends up getting the, I think it was a powerbomb, uh, and getting the victory, and uh, these two celebrate, and uh, it is uh, these two retaining. We know they're going to defend their titles against EO and Dakota on Monday. That's going to be tricky. I am wondering if that's where we see Sasha and Naomi coming back. Sasha and Naomi coming back on Monday may be costing EO and Dakota, and uh, helping these girls retain um, could be interesting. Or maybe the heels win. They become the new champs. They beat up on these two. Sasha and Naomi make the save. And then that sets up Sasha Naomi against Dakota and EO for the titles. Maybe at Extreme Rules. So I've got a feeling Sasha and Naomi are real close now. I think they're real close. I actually expected them to come back maybe even at Clash. So I think they're real close. I, I wouldn't want to see these two lose the belts, though. Like, I know that story that we just spoke about is bigger. I don't want to see these two lose the belts. I really don't want to see these two lose the belts. Uh, they're really fun. And and uh, she kisses, uh, Aaliyah kisses Raquel on the head. She's like, 
multiple times. Like, she's just so happy and grateful. And then when uh, Raquel puts her down, she gets the belt and she, like, machine guns with it. She's just... She strikes me... I think every, I think the reason why I really like her is everything I just said in the sense of everything she does is fun. She's living her best life. She knows she shouldn't really be in this position. Like, she's exceeding her expectations. She is just just loving it, living it, you know, and just enjoying it for as long as it lasts. And that excitement, enthusiasm, it, it shows itself in lots of different ways. Just even seeing her with the belt going, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of look at that thinking that's what I would do. If I had the belt, I'd be like, yeah. And she's just living her best life, man. So, yeah, I really like these. I really like these. Uh, then we went to our next match, and uh, this is going to be the Fatal Five Way. Winner will take on, uh, I was going to say Ronda, uh, winner will take on Liv at uh, Extreme Rules. It was Ronda versus Xia Lee versus Natalia versus Sonya Deville versus Lacey Evans. So uh, Fatal Five Way. I've got an image here of Ronda making her way down. Uh, reason for that is because she was wearing a pink gi, and this is... In tribute to Judo Jean LaBelle. Judo Jean sadly passed away uh, a few weeks back, about a month ago maybe. And this was someone that was very close to Rhonda, Rhonda's mom as well. He was um he was uncle, uncle Judo Jean. I mean, during Rhonda's um strike force fights, her UFC fights, Judo Jean would be in the corner. Um Judo Jean, we've said as well, such a massive name in combat. He was someone that um, showed Bruce Lee a load of grappling um, because uh, Bruce Lee on the set of some of his films would have uh, Judo Jean as like a stuntman. And Judo Jean showed Bruce Lee that he had weaknesses in his game and those weaknesses were on the ground. It's all well and good doing the striking, but if you get taken down, what are you going to do then? And so uh, Bruce Lee actually learned a lot of grappling from Judo Jean LaBelle. And Judo Jean as well was in one of the very first MMA fights. Uh, he was uh, karate uh, and judo, and he was taken on a boxer. And I believe this is like in the 1960s uh, that this happened. So, um, and he won that as well. And then I believe he was referee for Muhammad Ali against Antonio Inoki, which is also regarded as one of the very first MMA fights. That was wrestler versus boxer. And the referee for that was Judo Jean LaBelle. So, I mean, look, we can sit here and go on about Judo Jean. Massive name in combat. And um, uh, I've seen pictures of him in his, like, pink gi and Ronda in hers as well. And this was just a nice little... As soon as I saw it, it made me think of him. And then Corey Graves confirmed it on commentary and said it was, like, in tribute to him. So that was that was cool. Uh, in the stands, we saw uh, Liv. She was uh, had her feet up, having a lovely time. She was just watching and seeing who her next opponent would be at Extreme Rules. Uh, then uh, we got underway with the match. So uh, first of all, Natalia gets um, uh, armbarred and she taps out. She's the first one that's eliminated. Uh, the match actually isn't that long. There's not really loads to unpack with this match. It's not that long. But um, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. So Natalia gets tapped out. Then we get like a double submission. So Ronda deals with Lacey and um, Sonya deals with Zia Lee. So they both get eliminated. That takes us down to Ronda 
against Sonya Deville. And um, basically, Ronda comes out on top. So this goes uh, probably the way it should have gone. I think I was quite interested if the four women were going to gang up on Ronda. Um, I did wonder if they got her eliminated early. What would we do then? You know, um, anyone other than Ronda, I think Liv's favourite. Liv against uh, Sonia, I think Liv's favourite. Liv against Natalia, I think Liv's favourite. Liv against Lacey, Liv against Zia Lee. I put her favourite against any of those. She's not favourite against Ronda Rousey, um, but they kind of had to do the rematch. You know, there's the negativity that's around Liv is largely there because of that SummerSlam result. Now, Ronda deserves her rematch. I know she got suspended, which is why we've not had it, but she's now won this. She's legit the number one contender. So she will now get her opportunity at Extreme Rules. I don't think she wins. I don't think she wins. Um, I think that there could be some outside interference. I think I don't think they'll do like, you know, the finish they did at SummerSlam, but um they'll either have Liv win clean to make her seem like the legit champ, which I think would be awful because if you're not on board with Liv, you're going to see exactly why they've done that and it's not going to sit very well and I don't think that's the right way forwards. Um, I think they'll keep the belt on her and I could see there being outside interference. There's a couple of people it could be. It could be Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler wasn't able to win the title and at Clash, and she might not want to see Ronda do what she couldn't. So, you know, we did see a little summit later, and we will come to that, uh, between Ronda and Shayna. Or it could be like a return in Charlotte. So there's maybe a few people that could get involved. But, yeah, my gut feeling right now is that Liv will retain. It will be... It won't be clean, but at least she won't have tapped first or anything, you know? So, and then that kind of puts to bed the Ronda rematch, people wanting to see the Ronda rematch because she had her opportunity. She doesn't get it done. Liv can now carry on with her title reign and it puts Ronda into a different feud with someone else. And it and really it gets them out of Liv's way. So I can see that happening, but who knows? I mean, look, Ronda could win the belt back, but I've got a feeling that she doesn't really want it. Otherwise, why drop it in the first place? You know, why drop it in the first place? So I've got to think like, mm, I think that I think Liv's going to win here. But that's a little bit in the in the future. Then we're backstage. And uh, but this is where Solo's like uh, Roman tells me you're the man, like you're you're someone to be trusted. And uh, Sammy's like, listen, all due respect, Roman does know what he's talking about. Uh, and Solo thanks Sammy here, because uh, obviously Sammy earlier taking that chair shot. Um, there is a bit of an argument between Sammy and Jay, and you can see here Jimmy just saying this isn't the time for this. This is about Solo. This is Solo's night. Yeah, we've got to we've got to be there for him. And Sammy's like, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I did point this out during the watch along. I do. I, I don't know why. I'm always just fascinated by the T-shirts and what people are wearing. Um, I just always find that quite interesting because that is obviously done on purpose. Like you don't just grab a T-shirt if you're going to be on TV in front of millions of people and shown around the world. You don't just randomly grab something. Um, and once again, look at this situation. So we don't quite know where Solo is. He said that he's in the bloodline and he's joining the bloodline. But we've only, he's only just arrived. We've only had one promo from him 
he is just in a black top. So doesn't feel like he's a proper signed up Bloodline member yet. Um, we could see him in a Bloodline t-shirt next time we see him. But at this stage, we still don't quite know how the main event's going to go. If he's really on board, he says he is. But um, we don't we don't quite know. So he's just in black. Then you've got Jimmy and Sammy who are on the same page and they are wearing the same design. And Jay is wearing a completely different uh, Bloodline shirt because he does not see eye to eye with uh, Sammy. You can make an argument like, you know, he's on the same page with his brother, but clearly with this situation, they are not on the same page. So it's kind of interesting. I do find the tops and the shirts quite interesting. We've seen it in the past where the Usos have wore the same design and Sammy has wore a different design. Um, whereas this time we've actually got Sammy and Jay seemingly on the same page and they have shown that. Um, but Jay is just still not on board. So, yeah, uh, I like this. This uh, the, the whole dynamic of this is very, very interesting. Very interesting as to uh, how this is playing out and where uh, this is going to go. Because I think a lot of us are thinking Sammy will be turned on. And he will then seek revenge. But uh, how far away we are from that, I, I really don't know. Then we went uh, backstage, uh, saw Rhonda and Shayna. Shayna came over. She wished Rhonda good luck against Liv. And Rhonda's like, look, I know you're hurting after what happened. But do you know what's better than winning? Revenge. And like went to, went to walk off. And that segment ends with Shayna just kind of staring at Rhonda in quite an interesting way as she walks away. It's kind of very hard to read what she was thinking, which is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that she is on board with Rhonda. I mean, they're, they're old friends. They're great friends. But there, there is going to be some hurt after what happened at Clash. And I maybe, dare I say, even embarrassment that, that she couldn't get it done. And so is she going to want to see Rhonda achieve what she couldn't it definitely puts a seed of doubt in my mind so we'll, we'll see how this plays out but um I'm, I'm into this i like this this is interesting i think it's giving shana something to get her teeth into and um you know ronda being used quite well being kept quite strong and uh, we'll see obviously how this continues to build then uh we had maximum male models and los Lotharios taking on Hit Row and Street Profits. Uh, the tag, this was a tag. Now, if you're someone that's a real stickler for the rules, um, I don't know that that counts as a legal tag, right? For me personally, if the referee allows it, then I'm not bothered. So the referee has allowed that as a tag, and they've... And I, I really like this because it fits their characters. Like, I can understand them wanting to not slap hands too hard. They just want to touch pinkies. Uh, so that's how they uh, made their tag during the match. And um, I mean, look, this is a bit of a joke faction. I mean, they're just posing. They love themselves, out for themselves. I, I can't see them ever being taken seriously or go building towards like the tag titles or anything. So I think you have to, I don't want to say take it with just a pinch of salt. But uh, for me, if the ref's going to allow that as a tag, I'm all right with it. And uh, I, I think it, like, fits their characters. The other thing they did as well, just moments afterwards, is I think they 
threw someone against the ropes and then hit like double elbows. They went down and they did a bit of a best friend's turn to the camera as the camera zooms in. And um, like that, this moment, uh, if you are watching on YouTube, I've got an image of them both standing and turning to the camera. Now, again, you can look at that and say they should be capitalizing um, on, you know, their moment. They've got someone down. They should be really working them over and trying to get the victory. Um, and I can absolutely see that argument. But again, you have to look at these two as being not the sharpest in the world. I think they're not mentally quite like, you know, the, the sharpest. I don't think they're the best, most intelligent wrestlers in the world. Uh, I think that their love of themselves kind of clouds their judgment and they just want to pose for the camera and make sure that they look cool at all times and... I think if you look at the characters that way, I think this works for me. So uh, this is one that I think will divide opinion. I can definitely see people that are into their wrestling saying that should be a proper tag. Why are they messing around? I can I can totally understand all that. But for me, this fits their characters and I, I, I'm on board with it. I think them not being the smartest, caring about themselves and how they look is going to get them in trouble. Yeah, it's they're going to get hit. They're going to get attacked. They're going to be jumped. Um, but that's their characters. Their characters are. They're just not that intelligent. They would much rather spend those few moments where they should be, you know, really establishing their dominance. Uh, they would much rather just stare at the camera and make sure they're looking good. So, yeah, I don't I don't mind this. I, I, I think it actually kind of makes them a bit more gives them a bit more depth to their characters. So uh, anyway, the match continues. It was an all right match. It was all right. Uh, we saw like um, uh, Hit Row getting the win, uh, Ashanti getting the pin on uh, Mansoir, and yeah, it was all right. It, it didn't really do a great deal. Uh, I would say this was, I don't know, a bit, bit of a throwaway. I would imagine when we get to looking at the chats, things they liked, things they didn't like, this might be mentioned in the things people weren't that keen on. But uh, there was just a couple of little bits in there that I thought were pretty fun for maximum male models. Then we went to our next segment. At this point, there's only about half an hour left in the show. Uh, and our next segment was Alpha Academy coming out. Uh, we knew that Braun was going to be involved. Mad heat. Crazy heat for Chad Gable. Uh, he spoke about how Seattle weren't even uh, able to keep a hold of their basketball team, uh, referring to... Uh, the Sonics, the Supersonics, who uh, I, I don't know where they moved to, actually. I'm sure uh, many of you know, but um, I remember them being in the old NBA Jam game that I used to play. But uh, I can't remember where they actually moved off to. Um, but yeah, they uh, obviously not around anymore. Nuclear heat for this. I mean, to the point where uh, Chad Gable didn't even know quite how to deal with it. Like the boos were really loud. And you could see like Chad was like, Hmm. <laughs> I wrestle back control here. Like they were going, they were going like crazy with booze and it got quite heated in there. I mean, brilliant, brilliant. that uh, there's something that you can use to generate such heat, but uh, it was, it was something that I think took Chad by surprise as to how nuclear uh, it actually was. Um, but it set up uh, a really great moment for Braun to come out and, you know, get revenge for the fans. Uh, Braun did come down. Uh, his graphic now uh, says 
the monster of all monsters. So no longer is it the monster amongst men. No longer did it say, get these hands. It's the monster of all monsters, Braun Strowman. So that's uh, that was quite, that was new on the Titan Tron. So he comes down and uh, starts beating them both up, basically. He powerbombs uh, Chad Gable and he goes to powerbomb Otis. Corey Graves, who's on commentary with Michael Cole, uh, says there's no way. There's no way. And he does it. He picks him up, slams him down. Looks really cool. And um, yeah, Braun still wearing red. Didn't know if he might change to blue, what with him being on SmackDown, but still in uh, still in red. As I said, I think that attire is all right. Uh, it's not my favorite. I think it's better than what he wore before. So uh, I think it is an improvement. But it's, it's all right. It's all right. A lot of people saying, how do you feel about Braun being back? I, I, I think that Braun has got a place on the roster. I think that I don't know if he needs a manager. I don't know that he's got I don't know that he's got like the wit in his purse uh, in his personality or in his promos. I don't know that he's got that kind of charisma. He's got the look. He's got the size. He's got the strength. Um, I don't know if he just needs a manager. I think I think he might do. I think he might need someone to do the talking for him. Promo wise, he can, you know, he can shout. He can shout into a microphone. Um, but I don't think we're getting much more than that out of him. So, yeah, we'll see. I've got uh, confidence that Triple H will uh, use him, use him well. Uh, then we got a graphic about next week. So next week, there's going to be a number one contender's fatal four way. We've got New Day taking on Street Profits, taking on Alpha Academy, taking on Los Letharios. So uh, the winner of that will go on to face Usos. Don't know when. Uh, don't know that they announced it was going to be at Extreme Rules or not. But um, either way, number one contenders match coming up next week. Then we got to our main event. I didn't get a picture of um, uh, Drew against Solo, but it was Drew against Solo. Uh, so Drew against Solo. This one had me a little bit concerned. The, the point I was making was this is Solo's first match on the main roster, right? Forget NXT because NXT is watched by about, what, 500, 600,000 people. So forget that. Uh, this is Solo on the main roster, and he's just saved Roman. Now he's got to face the consequences of facing Drew. But how are you going to position him? Like, are you going to have him squashed? Are you going to have him being competitive against Drew? Size-wise, he's not that tall. He's certainly not as big as what, like, Rikishi was. Obviously, well short of Yokozuna. Um, uh, not even as big as, like, an Umaga. So <laughs> it's tricky. It's tricky, like... I don't think they, and I'll be honest, I haven't been watching NXT, so they might have done some stuff, but I don't think that they have done a, a job of giving him, like, really anything to to win with. It's not as if he's got a move that if he hits it, you're done. I'm not aware of, like, a killer solo Sokoa move. I think it would be good if he had one. My feeling is that, you could have done this match next week and this could have been solo against like a jobber, right? We easily could have had the Ronda match as the main event. Ronda main event in, winner faces live. That easily could have main evented. 
And what we could have done instead is we could have had Solo versus a jobber. Solo could have destroyed the jobber and hit a sick move. Some kind of sequence of strikes or some kind of move that's like, damn, that is devastating. And the commentators could have put it over. And they could have been like, if he can hit that on, you know, some of our top contenders here, this guy can go as far as he wants to go. And they could really put some over so that at least that way he goes in with some degree of threat. Uh, here he came in and honestly, within the first few minutes, he's about to get claymored. Within the first couple of minutes of this match, he's about to lose. The Usos have to grab him and pull him out of the ring. And my argument was he's not in a tag team. He's a solo guy. He's someone that you would imagine going after a mid-card title, eventually maybe going to the main event scene. Like, is it good for him to be almost losing against Drew in a few minutes? I, I just don't know. In his first match, I just don't know. Like, Drew was fairly dominant in this. I mean, honestly, if if Solo was getting any joy, it's because of the outside interference of Sammy, outside interference of the Usos. There was a lot of skullduggery going on here, and I was just looking at it thinking, is this the right way to book his first match? I just don't know. I don't know if you're making him seem like a threat on his own. Because one of my big criticisms is that they do have the Usos job out sometimes. And obviously, Sammy does a lot of jobbing. But um, they do have the Usos. Like, last week, we saw Drew wipe out, like, uh, the Usos and Sammy. He took out three members of the bloodline on his own. So I do kind of look at that and think, oh, man, is that is that good for the Usos? Is... Is this good for Sammy to constantly be getting just jobbed out? I just, I don't know. And with Solo coming in, you think, well, they'll surely they'll protect this guy because this guy's not a tag team. This guy's got to do it on his own. But then the first thing they do is put him in a match with Drew. So I was a bit concerned about it. Um, but basically, it, lots of outside interference. Uh, in the end, Drew does win, but it's a DQ. So, I mean, sort of protects Solo, but... I don't think this has made Solo look like a monster. I don't think this has made Solo look like like this mega star in waiting. Um, so I don't know. Make of that whatever you will. Uh, but this ends with uh, Carrion getting involved and Carrion attacks uh, Drew. So obviously bell rings. It's a victory for Drew by DQ. And that is how we get to the end of SmackDown. So that's the final images. The final thing I would say is about the black and white, not a fan of it. So the black and white, I think, works for like segments that are predetermined. So if there's an entrance that is predetermined and like production know that it's going to happen, it makes perfect sense that it would be black and white. That's part of his presentation. Same with his promos. If the promos uh, that he's down to do are in black and white, makes perfect sense. That is part of his presentation. But these sneak attacks that are seemingly not meant to be part of the show, I know they are, but in the world of kayfabe, they're not meant to be. Like, production aren't meant to know that Carrion is going to be attacking. They're meant to think that this match is going to be solo against Drew, who's going to win, right? So when he jumps into the ring, as soon as he arrives, the camera just goes black and white. And um, I found that to be distracting. Like, I didn't think they needed to do that. 
didn't think they needed to do that. This is not a pre-planned segment. This is not a pre-planned promo. It's not a pre-planned entrance. This is a sneak attack, which it just makes it seem like it was predetermined because why would the camera go black and white as soon as he attacks Drew? So I got accused of overthinking it. I completely disagree with that. I, 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 for me, I found this distracting. I wouldn't do this. I think this is Triple H putting presentation over, dare I say, logic to a degree. So it was just a little downer. It's not the biggest thing in the world. It's not the biggest problem in the world. Uh, it's not the biggest downer in the world. It's only a little side note, if you will. But um, yeah, it was definitely something that I found uh, distracting. And, and if I was booking it, I wouldn't have done it. For his entrances, his promos, no problem. People were saying that uh, they were doing that down in NXT. And to be honest, I don't care. Because even if they were doing it in NXT, I still think it's rubbish. So I don't care if they did it in NXT. It's rubbish. Like the fact that they uh, change it over to black and white just, you know, for a sneak attack, I think is taking this a bit too far. Um, the only way really just to play devil's advocate, the only way that I would say you could justify it is if Triple H has had a word with the production truck and he said to them, any time that Carrion is on screen, I want him to be in black and white. So if ever you see him, if ever the cameras pick up on him and you see that it's Carrion, I want you to immediately take it to black and white. Now, if that conversation has happened, then I could say, OK, I, I understand. That's why they did that. But that's me having to sit here and try and think through why this has happened. And just in the heat of the moment, I find it to be a bit distracting. So I don't know, just an observation, as I said, not the biggest problem in the world. But um, I wouldn't have ended it with that. But it ends with uh, the attack. And uh, there you can see Scarlet in the ring as well. Um, Drew gets uh, dragged down, choked out. They did another interesting thing as well. On commentary, they were like, uh, it's Drew is fading to black. Or, you know, the lights are going to be going for Drew and he'll be fading to black. And as they said that, the show faded to black. So again, I kind of feel like this is a production effect that's kind of being put over i don't know rather than just seeing him attack and the show ending as normal it, it seems like they were trying to do something here which to me is worth worth talking about because they could look to do other things for other superstars as well so that was my uh thoughts those were my thoughts uh when it came to uh, smackdown i am very interested to see uh what people are going to be scoring the show because uh, I think this was a good show overall. I really do. I think that this was a show that uh, people will have enjoyed. Uh, I saw a lot of people giving it praise um, in our live stream, in our watch along. And uh, it will be interesting to see how that actually equates uh, score wise. So with that being said, we can uh, jump over to uh, the live chat. Let's do that. There it is. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, go down. Uh, we've already gone for quite a while, actually, longer than I thought. But uh, we can uh, get a few comments first. Um, WWE has got no plans for Roman to drop the title this year, says uh, Shabazz. Uh, Michael said, did you hear Butch will remain as Butch? Um, I didn't. No, I didn't hear that uh, it was going to stay that way. I think that's a shame. I think a lot of people would like him to be Pete Dunne, uh, myself included. 
Uh, Mark said, uh, Drew almost never loses, or at least he never loses clean, says Mark. Uh, Mitchell said, did you think the whole internal investigation for airing dirty laundry was a shot at AEW? Uh, that's a good point, actually. They did say, it was just mentioned on commentary, that there was an internal investigation into the Ronda. And um, so it was into Ronda and... Uh, Adam Pierce, and they said there was a, an internal investigation into dirty laundry being aired. Did I think it was a shot at AEW? Uh, it didn't strike me as that at the time, to be honest. I just thought it was a bit weird. It was just, I, honestly, I thought there was probably a chance that Ronda was going to be suspended. Uh, it felt to me like they were trying to say there is an investigation, um, but it's not going to affect Ronda tonight. So... It's kind of like, how can Ronda attack an official and not be suspended? Well, they told you that there is an investigation that's actually happening into all of that. So to me, it struck me as at first as being that. I totally now can see that you could look at it that way in regards to AEW. If it is a shot at AEW or a little cheeky reference towards AEW, I think that would be disappointing. I think that I've I've had quite a bit of praise for WWE for largely, largely ignoring AEW. They've definitely uh, fired shots, but I would argue that AEW have fired more. You know, we do see quite regular Tony on interviews saying things, Tony on Twitter saying things. We saw Tony at the press conference. You know, we saw Triple H at Clash. He didn't say anything about AEW, but Tony did on his press conference and it just tends to be that way that AEW tend to say more about uh, WWE than WWE say about AEW. So I, I, I've got praise for them, just leaving them, letting them be, let them, you know, they're good enough at getting themselves in a mess. You don't really need to stir it or do anything. So uh, if it was connected to that, if it's believed that it's connected to that or it comes out, it was connected to that. I, I think that would be disappointing, to be honest. I think I'd be disappointing. I'd be I'd be a bit down on that. Um, the production botch you mentioned wasn't a botch. It happened because they don't advertise football on the international feed. It happens almost weekly here in Australia, says uh, Chicken Nugs. Um, I've, I can't say I've seen that before, to be honest. I can't say that I've seen that. Um, maybe it's just something I've never picked up on before. So I honestly don't know, but that's interesting. That's interesting. I appreciate that. Uh, would you like it if SmackDown was three hours? Would I like it if SmackDown was three hours? Uh, not really. I would actually prefer it if Raw was two. I think that uh, SmackDown being three hours would be hard to fill. Um, I think that I think that three hours of Raw is hard to fill. I think that two hours, two hours is fine, uh, certainly for the main roster. Um, I think two hours is uh, too long for NXT. I think NXT should be one hour, and I think the main roster shows should be two, whereas at the moment NXT is two uh, and Raw is three. I think SmackDown probably gets it about right. I think an hour for SmackDown, you could argue, might be a bit short. I, I don't know if I would mind that. I mean, you wouldn't get everyone on every week, but... I don't mind not seeing everyone every week. I'm all right with that. I've said before I grew up with Raw when it was an hour. And when it's an hour, you can't get everyone on. And that's all right because it's just more exciting. You didn't see Ronda this week, but she'll be on next week. 
And then the week after that, you'll get Roman and you just get different like superstars on each week. So, yeah, I, I mean, like, I actually I would prefer if Raw went down rather than SmackDown going up, but it, it will never happen. Uh, Ronda Rousey fan said, are you upset Ronda won or no? Uh, I'm not upset that Ronda won. I think I'm just a bit concerned that she is going to not succeed. Uh, to me, she is the best female they have, the most credible female they have. She is one of the biggest female sports stars of all time. I understand she can't just have the belt, keep the belt forever. So you've got to tell other stories. So I totally understand that. Um, I just think SummerSlam was uh, not not booked correctly. Uh, I don't think many people would look at that SummerSlam result and say that was perfect. So I think SummerSlam booking was off, and I think that's had repercussions. Um, and now we're going back and looking to do that match again. So it's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky. Part of me thinks, like, it's the right match because everyone's going to struggle to get on board with Liv until this rematch has happened because right now it feels like Ronda is the rightful champ. So we do need the rematch, but I I do think Liv's winning. I'm mentally prepared for Liv winning. If it's clean, that will be horrific. If if I have got to watch Liv Morgan beating Ronda Rousey clean, that will just be nonsense. But um, I don't think it will be. I think there'll be some outside interference. Uh, Brenton said, uh, according to Body Slam's website, the main event match was no DQ. Uh, WWE probably announced it, but I could be wrong. It was a weird finish. Um, I never heard them announce it. I never heard them announce it. Um, it was rumoured it was going to be d no DQ, but I can't say I heard them announce that it was no DQ. So I, I, all I can say is that I agree. If they did say it was no DQ, then that is a weird finish. If they um, didn't, which I, I'm not aware they did, uh, then uh, obviously that's fine. Uh, Gordon said, do you think we see Marseille and Mansoir versus Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci in the future? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get that match. Whether it's on TV, house shows, don't know. But I'm sure their paths will cross. Uh, Michael said, did you see the card changes? I saw it, yes. I saw it. Uh, days have Alpha Academy moved to SmackDown because they had SmackDown name graphics, says John Lee. Uh, not seen any rumors that they've moved. Um, I mean, it made sense for them to be here because uh, Braun attacked them on Monday. Um, so it made sense for them to be here. But interesting if they had SmackDown graphics, because normally if you are a Raw superstar, um, then you would still have Raw uh, graphics, even if you're on SmackDown. So, well spotted. Uh, Chicken Nugs said, YouTube teased LA Night with Max Dupree telling Maximum Male Models go through the day to get to the nights. YouTube teased LA Nights with Max Dupree telling Maximum Male Models go through the day to get to the night. Okay. Um, and Ad Cole said it wasn't a no DQ match. Uh, Marvland said, do you think Chad Gable could be the next Kurt Angle? No, no, I, I don't. Um, Kurt was a very special superstar. I think massively helped by the fact that he'd won gold. I think that he just, he really got it as well. Uh, his booking was, you know, they, 
They brought him in as a massive star. They kept him as a massive star. I mean, he main events um, WrestleMania 19 with Brock. He's got those amazing backstage segments with Brock. Um, like he he was legit. Uh, the story of him winning the gold with a broken freaking neck. Like it's just hard for Chad Gable to kind of uh, like match that and achieve that. And and seemingly like now he's been used this way for so long. I just can't see him. <clears throat> I can't see them pulling the trigger on him. I can't see him getting out of the mid card. So I'm going to say no, I'm sadly not. Uh, Smurfatoon said, I believe tag teams can go between both shows as the Usos hold both belts. Uh, Michael said, I don't think the main event was no DQ because when Cross interfered, the bell rang. If it was no DQ, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, Brenton said, I asked pre-match, but I want to see if you agree after the fact. How long before Sokoa is treated as badly as the Usos? Is he another lackey in the bloodline? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know that. Um, I don't know. Is to be honest. I mean, I would not treat him as a lackey. I don't want him to be treated as a lackey. I think treating the Usos as a um, as lackeys, if you will, is not great. But they are a tag team, and so individually, I don't expect them to be as strong as a solo wrestler. Uh, I expect them to be tag team specialists. So I expect it to be a case that the Usos um, are, you know, work, work better together, basically. But Solo is different. He's not in a tag team. He is, you know, a street fighter out for himself. He's got to forge his own path to a degree. So this is why I had concerns about that main event. Um, and to be honest, the jury is still out because I think losing to Drew is one thing. I think losing to Drew is one thing. Drew is, you know, absolutely at the top of the tree. You can make arguments he should have beaten Roman. So uh, him losing to Drew is one thing, but I uh, it'll be interesting to see how they book him against other talents, like talents in the mid card, um, and see where we get to with him. So... I don't know. I hope it doesn't get there. I hope they don't use him as just someone to take bumps for Roman. I hope that he is, you know, that's really, that's what Sammy is there for. Sammy is there to take those shots. Sammy is there to be uh, the guy that takes the bumps. Really, Sammy should be taking all the bumps for the bloodline. Keep the Usos and Solo strong. And it should be Sammy that takes all the punishment. So if someone needs to go through a commentary table, it should be Sammy. If someone's got to be Claymore, it should be uh, Sammy. And they are doing that to a degree. It's just, um, you know, uh, it seems like even the Usos and Solo are still taking a bit of punishment. So answer is jury is out. Jury is out. Uh, do you think Carrion beating Drew? I think it would be ridiculous. It makes Drew look weak. Just saying this because they are going to have a match soon. What do I think of Carrion beating Drew? Uh, we haven't seen much of Carrion. Um, he's been positioned as a big star, but um, we don't know quite how good he is. Uh, again, you know, forget NXT because it's just, it, it hasn't been connected in the past. It's a, Maybe you could argue a bit more connected under the Triple H regime, but um, even so, Carrion isn't coming from NXT. He's coming from being released. And now he's got Scarlet and he's more in line with how he was presented in NXT when he was a monster. So this is clearly not the same carry we saw on the main roster before. 
So I would say the jury is out on this version of Carrion as to how hard they're going to push him, how far he's going to go. I think I think Triple H sees him as a main event player. So I think him against Drew is happening. I mean, you know, the end of this show certainly set that up. And I don't know. I don't know how you book it. Do you go with Drew? Do you go with Carrion? Which way do you go? I mean, this will be interesting. This will be interesting. I think Carrion is seen as a main event player by Triple H. Uh, Michael said, commentary said Solo is jealous of his older brothers. That didn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense to me either. I don't know why he would be jealous unless it's like jealous that they've had so much success already and he's only just getting started and he wants to taste that success jealous that they've won titles and you know he wants to win titles tonight weird thing to say though that i wouldn't be going with an angle of he's jealous there's there's been nothing shown to us to, to suggest he's jealous uh, do you see a triple threat match for the undisputed titles between Usos, Giovanni and Ludwig and Marseille Mansoir? Uh, do I see a triple threat? I, um, I can't say there won't be at any point, but not really. I don't see Marseille Mansoir really getting into title matches. I think they're they're the new 3MB. They're the new B team. They're, you know, they're to just put others over, really. I think they're just fun. They care about their looks. They're not the most intelligent. I mean, ring, they haven't got ring smarts. They haven't got amazing fight IQ. So, yeah, I just think, I just look at them that way, really. So, I could be wrong. Uh, of course, could be wrong. But I think this is why I don't mind them making the little uh, finger tags or turning to the camera as the camera zooms in on them. Because they're they're not thinking about winning matches all the time. They're thinking all the time about how cool do I look? How great do I look? Do I look good whilst I'm doing this? So for me, I don't know that they will find their way into tag title matches, but they could do. They could do. Uh, Trini said, when did commentary say Solo is jealous of his brothers? I I, I don't know. I didn't hear it. Uh, Marvland said, the ringside news scoop says Carrion is next behind Roman as the main player in WWE. Uh, who would you have win, Carrion or Drew? I would have. I would have. It's tricky. It's it's difficult to be honest. It's difficult because Drew feels like quite a big star after Clash, and you know the crowd going crazy for him. Great match. I think the quality of the match really helped as well. So great match. Crowd going crazy for him. Lots of positives. Is it now time to have him lose to Carrion? I, I, I'm not sure. But then saying that, what I just said with Solo is the same for Carrion. You know, Solo is brand new. Carrion is brand new. You need to establish these guys as threats. Is it right for them to lose? It's tricky. It's, it's really tricky. That's why I was interested in the booking in the main event tonight. Because, which I think they got a bit wrong. I don't think that Solo should have looked like he was about to lose the match within the first few minutes. And I don't think he should have looked as weak as what he looked. I think they really needed to make him look stronger than what he did. Um, so I think the booking was a little off on the main event tonight. 
And in regards to Carrion and Drew, that'll be another one that I think will be interesting. I think I think I think more than the result, it needs to be a banger of a match. If they can put on like a match like say Sheamus and Gunther did, like Sheamus lost against Gunther, but no one really looks at Sheamus as the loser because it was such a banger of a match and he got such a great reaction afterwards that I think both it's one of those matches, and it is true. It's one of those matches where both guys come out with their stock being raised. Both guys come out with looking like bigger stars than when they went in. And that is just a perfect result. So I think more than Drew and Carrion, who wins, I think as long as the matches are banger, it's like four and a half star territory, go sneak into five stars, like around that ballpark. If it's a banger, then both guys should come out with their stock being higher than when they went in. And that way, if Drew does just pip it, then that's fine. Or if Carrion just gets it, that's fine. But I think more importantly, it needs to be a banger. That way, both stars can come out having not lost anything. So to be honest, I might lean Carrion. He's brand new to the roster. We need to establish him as a legitimate threat. He needs to be established as someone that can absolutely hang with Roman, with um, Drew, and he is someone that is right up in the mix. Uh, And giving him a loss is not going to help achieve that. So, yeah, uh, but if if it is going to go that way, it needs to be a banger. It needs to be a banger. Uh, Trini said, Drew can lose to uh, Carrion and have a bit of bad luck streak. That will lead him to the title a bit slower. If they won't pull the trigger on him, uh, on Roman, might as well rebuild and restart. Hmm. Uh, Brenner said, who do you see taking the belt off Roman to get to Roman Rock? Does Drew do it later on? Do they keep Roman strong for Cody? I don't think Carrion would be main event if he won't win. Um, To be honest, I don't know that you need to take the universal belt off uh, Roman. I'm someone that would like to see him get to a thousand days. So Rock Roman for the universal title um, is fine. Uh, That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. WWE title, we've spoke for hours and hours and hours about how do you get that belt off Roman? How do you get that belt off him? There's ways that you can do it. And uh, I think that Cody is going to win the WWE. And actually, I think he should win the WWE because the WWE is the one that goes all the way back to the 60s. It's the WWE one is the one really that Dusty almost won. Dusty didn't almost win the Universal. The Universal has only been around since 2016. So like the Universal, it's, it's been made to feel as big, if not bigger, than the WWE. They've done a fantastic job of really establishing the Universal as a legitimate championship. But it's it doesn't go back that far. So for me, it's the WWE one that Cody should win. That's the one that his dad almost won. And uh, that's the one he should get his hands on. The Universal is the one Roman should keep because that is the one that will get him to a thousand days. So I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. There's lots of ways to do it, but um, we need to get that WWE off of Roman, put it onto Seth, put it onto 
uh, carry and put it onto Drew. I don't give a flip. Put it onto Kevin Owens, right? Whoever you want to put it onto, put it onto them. And then um, that's the one Cody should win at WrestleMania. And not win it from Roman, but win it from this other person. Um, I like Drew McIntyre match. I like Gunther match, says Legend Killer. Um, Ad said that Ad said they said the jealous line during the match, if I'm not mistaken, says Ad. Uh, Dylan said, who do you think will win the tag team fatal four way number one contenders next week? Uh, do you know what? Off the top of my head, I can't quite remember uh, who was in that match. Let's uh, go down and have a look. And see, it was, there it is. New Day, Street Profits, Alpha Academy, Los Lotharios. So Usos are heels. That means we need some faces. That means it won't be Los Lotharios. It won't be Alpha. It'll be either Street Profits or New Day. Usos have had feuds with both, but they've feuded with Street Profits quite a bit. Has that feud ended? For me, it's New Day or Street Profits. And I don't know. I feel like Viking Raiders are still in a feud with New Day. I could see Viking Raiders dealing with New Day. I think it'll be Street Profits. I think it'll be Street Profits. And their match at Money in the Bank was uh, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Street Profits. And I think Viking Raiders will still be targeting the New Day. Right, a uh, little bit later than usual, but uh, we've had lots to talk about. Let's have a look at the uh, responses uh, and see where we are. So seven is what this show gets, which I have to admit I think is very fair. I thought this was a solid show. I thought there was some great stuff on it, but I, as I said, I thought there was a few things a bit questionable in there as well and things I wasn't so sure about. So uh, seven is the score for this one. Um and let's have a look. Favorite part of the show. Uh, Dave Meltzer said Drew lost uh, because WWE want to make Roman the greatest of this generation. And his next match will be at Crown Jewel. Uh, Cross at the end of the show. Imperium versus Brutes. Gable taking it to the crowd. And Strowman attacking Otis and Gable. Uh, Solo Sokoa appearance on SmackDown and having a match against Drew in the main event, says Hayden. Solo call-up, really like we had a proper call-up and not a complete change. And the ending, says Anna. Uh, me kind of liking Maximum Male Models, surprisingly. And the six-man and the bloodline segment, says Nando. Uh, Bailey is my favourite WWE superstar. How do I meet her? Uh, she'll probably do meet and greets. She did. Did she do a meet? I don't think she did, actually. I was going to say, I think she did a meet and greet for Clash, but I don't think she did. No, I said that. But uh, they do tend to do meet and greets every now and again. But in all fairness, it only tends to be around the big events. I don't know if they will do some. Whenever they come and do a tour in the UK, they tend to go to like shops and do like little meet and greet things. And Bailey's been one of those before. So I don't know. I mean, like it might be worth just looking in areas where Raw and SmackDown are. Certainly when there's like a pay-per-view show, there might be like meet and greets in the local area. Um I think it's something they do fairly regularly. Um, but if not, almost certainly access at WrestleMania. So if the if you just can't find any information on any of that next March uh, in what Los, Los Angeles, um, there'll be access and uh, Bailey almost certain to be there meeting fans. 
Uh, Imperium versus Brawlin, Brutes, uh, Otis and Master Gable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, Bloodline Ronda, seeing Solo and Braun beating up Alpha Academy. Uh, Imperium versus Brawlin, Brutes was a strong opener, says Sam. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Braun Strowman versus The Miz and Maurice. Uh, I think we've got future book in there. Uh, Imperium versus Brawling Brutes and the Bloodline stuff. Uh, it seemed to go by quite quickly and it wasn't boring. Solo debut match, uh, Sheamus tag match. Imperium versus Brawling Brutes. Braun destroying Gable and Otis. Sammy arguing with Jay. Uh, Braun Strowman throwing Otis. Um, right, we've got all of that. Let's go up and see what people didn't like. People didn't like Jey Uso still being a jerk to Sammy. Uh, WWE paid tribute to the Queen the second they put the graphic up on screen. Uh, I thought that was all right. I didn't think that was a bad thing. Uh, you'd think Drew would get smarter about sneak attacks, but he never does. Uh, Cringe Row and the jobber who's not won on SmackDown uh, and Braun beating up Alpha Academy. Why? Uh, the five women elimination match went went too quickly. Uh, your audio turning heel, that's true, yeah. Had to cancel the one stream and like start a brand new stream, which was faffing around for 10 minutes. I still don't know why that went wrong. Thankfully, we fixed it or, you know, got it sorted. And thankfully, it's not affected this, but yeah, nightmare. Um, I miss Austin 316. He's the best moderator. Uh, kinky crosses black and white. Uh, Braun just doesn't do it for me. Women's five way was too short. The eight man tag match. Toxic attraction losing when Carrie and Cross came in. Seattle Supersonics. Maximum male models. Braun's new music. Ronda Rousey winning. Ronda winning. Ronda winning. Commercials. Uh, someone here just said Natalia. I don't think Natalia did anything wrong in particular, but just Natalia really. Uh, was the worst part of the show. So there we go. Right, we are done. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really enjoyed doing these post-show reviews and uh, getting your thoughts. It's great to just like run through the show, get all the thoughts in. I know that it's um, not easy for people to sit down or or even, you know, why would people want to sit down and watch through a whole three, four-hour watch-along? So it's kind of nice to get some of those key points, put them into this post-show review. And as we said, they are available as podcasts as well. I also like to try and take out a few clips and put them onto the new Wrestling Days Clips channel as well. So I'm going to often uh, do that. But uh, really appreciate you guys uh, joining us. We are back tomorrow at the time of recording this for the UFC show. So that's something else I've got to go off and do. Change all the graphics and information for that because everything changed on that show today. So flippity doodah there's uh, a lot of work for me to go off and do but i really appreciate the support thank you so much for joining us and uh, i will see you again next time bye for now